asifiwe sana. The Lord has been good and his love for sure has been evident in our lives this week. And as Victory Faith International Ministries, we would want to welcome you back to Victory Hour. As we are here, as we continue to sit and be at the feet of Jesus, I just want to remind you that we are continuing with the series Living with Eternity in Perspective. I'd just like to let you know that the previous video that we did, we were looking at Living with Eternity in perspective, specifically looking at rewards for service. And this, this Sunday, we continue with living with eternity in perspective, but we are looking at rewards for persecution. I know, right? Take your Bible, sit down, and may the Holy Spirit minister to you as Pastor George brings the word to us. Baraka. Praise the Lord, everyone. How are you? This is a wonderful day that the Lord has made. I am so excited to see you again this year. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I've seen you or you've seen me this year anyway, but Karibuni Sana, it's been a wonderful time. I am having a great year. It has begun well, and I also pray that it has begun well for you too. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to take this uh, opportunity and, uh, and share the word of the Lord. Just continue with... The series that we've been doing uh, that's titled Living with Eternity in Perspective. Living with Eternity in Perspective. And today I want to focus on rewards for suffering or rewards for suffering and persecution. Right? Now I know that many times when we hear this word persecution, there's so many things that come to our mind or when we hear the word suffering, and you know, is it, is it suffering or suffering or suffering, you know? Don't worry. And so, I want to begin with the book of Mark chapter 13 and verse 9. Mark chapter 13 and verse 9. And you can go uh, to that verse with me. And the Bible says, But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues you shall be beaten. And ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. Now, let me repeat Mark 39. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues ye shall be beaten. And ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. Now, when I was younger, I remember my mother used to uh, read books to me. And, you know, she inculcated, um, inculcated a, a culture in me of reading. And so when we were young, she used to read books. And she would come, uh, you know, with books and begin to, tell, to read stories and, and tell me stories and different stories. And some of the books that my mother used to read a lot to me were books that had to do with persecution. I mean, like there's one book that we read, that she read to me, that was titled, I Dared to Call Him Father. It was by a Muslim woman, I think who had, been, who had grown up in, um, in Saudi Arabia, and she dared to call Jesus, she dared to call God Father, and she got a lot of persecution through that. And she read for me, you know, stories from North Korea, stories from China, about Christians who are you know, getting persecuted every day. And the topic of persecution is not a topic that is really 
taught in many churches and, and across the world. You walk into any church and rarely do they talk about persecution. I remember some years back uh, when uh, Obama was still president in the United States and there was some struggles in the Middle East and there was this priest. I don't know if he was a priest or a pastor who was kidnapped by these guys and they wanted to kill him. And for some reason, nobody took this issue seriously. Uh, but you see now, when we talk about persecution, it doesn't settle well with the world because there are people who are dying. Even now as I speak, there are perhaps thousands or hundreds of thousands who are dying, being tortured for Christ, being killed uh, because of Jesus Christ, because of their faith, being denied opportunities because of their faith, being uh, rejected because of their faith. And many are getting beheaded right now or shot in the head because of their faith. Now, she used to read for me books, my mom. And I remember one time, there's this story that's really stuck in my mind. And it was a story about these people, believers of Jesus Christ, who had been found uh, holding an underground church, church service. And they were all arrested and taken to prison. And every one of them was put in different in a different cell and they were in that cell dark dark cells and they stayed in those cells for years some died in those cells and others when they died other people were brought into their cells and some of them managed to escape or to be released from these cells and remember they were in these prisons because they were christians and they would write books and they would tell stories and one of the stories that i remember was about this man who had been jailed for 45 years of his life just because he was a believer. And he would tell stories about these cells. And he says that when they went to these cells, and the first time that he went into one of these cells, he found scriptures scribbled on the walls. And these people who had scribbled these scriptures on the walls had used their own blood to scribble the scriptures. In other words, it is as if they had cut themselves or the torture that they had experienced being beaten, the blood that came uh, because of that torture, they, they bled. And because of that blood, they took that blood and wrote scriptures, scribbled scriptures on the walls. In one of the walls, you will go and find Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And this man who had escaped uh, from this torture from this prison, was explaining and saying that sometimes, and in actual fact, the whole time he was in this prison, these were the scriptures that kept him going. Scriptures that were written by the blood of Christians who were prisoners because of their faith. Now, when I talk about rewards, before I talk about rewards, I want to talk about what the world, you know, the, the persecution in general of Christians across the world, suffering of Christians. 80% statistically says that 80% of religious violence is directed towards Christians because they are Christians. 80% of religious violence is directed towards Christians because they are Christians. 80% of all religious attacks are directed towards Christians 
not because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time, but because they are Christians. For example, any country, whether it's India or China or North Korea or the Middle East, they have a problem with Christians. Many religious services can be allowed, but when it comes to Christians, they are under attack. Now, in the old days, there were different forms of persecution, and some are still today happening. So let me give you the types of persecutions that we can go through. One of the most heinous, uh, barbaric kind of persecution is beheading. People who have their heads cut off. The other one that I saw some time back in Syria, and not just in Syria, but in Iraq, when ISIL, ISIL rose, was the crucifixion of Christians. And, you know, I was listening to one of the stories. I, I, I can't remember whether I read it or I heard it on TV or on radio, but there was this uh, young girl. She was 16 years old, and her village was a Christian village. And the ISIS people came to this village, descended on it. They killed every man in the village and began a systematic rape of these Christian women. And they raped one girl after the other. And this girl survived that moment, you know, after the ordeal. And she was telling stories of the horror she had to go through that some of the girls that they were with renounced Christ and yet they still got uh, attacked and tortured by this man. But this girl decided to stay strong for Jesus Christ. And so she was raped, she was beaten, she was tortured. Everything that you can imagine on this earth was done to her. But she still remained true to the faith. And she survived. Beheading. There are Christians today, right now, even as I speak, brothers and sisters, who are getting attacked. Many have been imprisoned uh, for years, bound in chains. And we can see Paul, who was also bound by chains. There is whipping. Many Christians have been whipped because of their faith, and many have been slaughtered or killed or shot or stoned to death. Persecution. Persecution. Sometimes... Even as you speak of this, you may ask yourself, why are we uh, talking about this thing? Why, are we, uh, why am I talking about this very discouraging news? But I want to encourage you and tell you that this news is not discouraging. In the days, uh, in the new modern world, especially, for example, in my nation of Kenya, where we pride ourselves of being 90% Christians, meaning that many of us believe in Jesus Christ, many of us believe in a God, and which is a great, great achievement for us. Though we do not have a lot of fruits to show that we are Christians, the good thing about Kenya is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached. Kenya is one of the only nations that I know that anyone can wake up in the morning and call themselves a pastor and begin a church or a ministry with no hindrance. And I am not against it. I am for it. May it continue. May our children reap these benefits and their children's children. May Kenya continue to be a Christian nation. 
May Kenya continue to be open to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then one of the things that we have to understand is that majority of us Christians in Kenya are not experiencing the kind of persecution that many in the Middle East or in Asia are experiencing. Rejection is one of the ways that we as Kenyan Christians experience kind of, uh, this kind of persecution. Reject, you get rejected because you are a Christian, not because of anything. You have your family. I have dealt with many people who are told by their fathers and their mothers and their brothers that they are no longer part of the family because they have accepted Jesus Christ. I know one guy, I won't mention his name, but he came to me one time in the Bible studies that I conduct in Nairobi. And he said to me, Pastor, thank you for this wonderful opportunity and thank you for accepting me. I am from Mombasa. Now Mombasa is, is a coastal city in, in Kenya, which is predominantly Muslim. And he says, I am from Mombasa. And I was rejected when I was 19 years old, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And he says, my father called me. And when he heard that I had given my life to Jesus Christ, he vowed to kill me. Now, I don't know whether the story is true or not, but I have every reason to believe this young man. And he came to me and we walked, we took a walk, you know, took him through the basics of Christianity. Rejection is one of the ways we get persecuted. You get rejected in your workplace. You get rejected in your home. You get rejected by your husband or by your wife because of your salvation. You get rejected by your parents because you have become a Christian. You get rejected uh, wherever you are. You, get, you don't get deals if you're a consultant just because you're a Christian. The other way that we as Kenyans experience or or not just Kenyans, but across the world where there is predominant Christianity is shame. We are, we are put to shame. All right. Some time back, I watched a clip on, the, on, uh, on national TV in our nation of Kenya. And, and it was live. And this man was put into shame, the pastors and the preachers. And in the, in the, in the process, put into shame the members of these pastors' churches saying they are fools to follow a pastor. Now, I have my reservations when it comes to criticizing pastors, and I also have my ways of saying no to some things that pastors do. But then, uh, the shame that the church in my nation is going through, the shame that you as a believer goes through, such that there are many of us today who don't say that we are born again, in our places of work, the environments we don't say that we are born again or that we are saved because we are ashamed, we feel shame. The other way is to be despised. The moment you get into this Christian way, or you confess that you are a Christian, you get despised. I had a story about, about this lady who joined one of the best universities in Kenya and she went to this university now, one thing that you have to know is a majority of the universities in, our, in, our na in my nation are becoming secular by the day. They're no longer allowing uh, you know, Christians or any form of worship. And so she joined this class and as they were doing the introduction and everyone was saying their name and what they do. And this lady stands up and says, my name is so-and-so and I'm a born-again Christian. 
And the moment she said that, the class burst out laughing and, you know, despising her. And she says that from that moment on, no one took her seriously. Yet, in truth, this woman was one of the most senior people in the, in the Nairobi government, very senior, that had they known who she was, they would not have laughed. But I am proud of her because she was never embarrassed or ashamed of her faith. But she was despised as a form of persecution. Whatever point she, rose, uh, she brought up, people asked her, is that what Jesus says? And so they began despising her, which is tied to mocking. They began mocking her too. I remember one time I went to, uh, uh, to this convention and there were these guys that I know it was a secular convention and they know me as a pastor and I don't hide it. And so one time, you know, in this convention, they decided to go have some fun. And so I joined them. I didn't know what they were. I, I thought they were about the meeting. And so I went and I joined them. And when I was there, they were drinking. And these are guys I had known for a long time. And they were drinking. And in the process of taking alcohol, they were mocking me, saying that Jesus turned water into wine that I should have one and I looked at them and I said I don't drink uh, because I am not I don't drink because I'm born again I don't drink because it is a choice I've made but it is also very well rooted in my belief and in my faith mocking is part of persecution hatred is the other way that we get persecuted our heads may not be cut off in this time. We may not be beheaded. We may not be whipped. We may not be thrown into prison. We may not even be killed. But we will be hated. And that is part, and that's a fact. The conventional media or mainstream media of today does not like the church, especially in Kenya. And observing uh, across the world, I can also say, even in Europe and America. They hate the church. They despise the church. They shame the church. They reject the church. They despise the church. Recently, I think this week, there was a canon on TV and he was giving his views about politics in Kenya. And he was very candid in my thinking. But then he was faced with all this hatred from different circles. Because no one wants to hear the church speak because we are hated. Then we also face false accusations. And you know, when you stand up and speak, false accusations begin to come your way. Especially if you're a Christian who is non-compromising. You don't compromise on corruption. You don't compromise on sin. The moment you begin to take a stand as a Christian, they begin to cook stuff. And before you know it, you are accused of everything and anything. And the last part for me in today's world of persecution, especially in my nation, in the modern world, is injustice. The moment you hear that this is a Christian, then they begin to do a lot of injustice because they know that you may not bribe, you may not be willing to go the way of violence, and so there's a lot of injustice. But let me also encourage you, brothers and sisters, 
so that I don't sound very discouraging. There is a reward. And let me remind you that because that's what I'm preaching about. There is a reward for every persecution you've ever gone through. There is a reward for every shame, for every beheading, for every prison term that you have served because you are a Christian. Every whipping you've received because you are a Christian. There is a reward. Every rejection you have received because you are a Christian. There is a reward. Every despising ordeal you've gone through, the mockery, the hatred, the false accusation, the injustices, there is a reward. Now let me read you a scripture. Uh, Hebrews 11, 30 to 39. I read this scripture and it really spoke to my heart and to my faith. And this is what the scripture says. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished, not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrote righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting, uh, sorry, their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. Now this is the part, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yeah, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, they were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And this all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They went through all this. They were cut into half. They were beheaded. Their heads were taken out. They were slain. They were tempted. They were stoned. They were uh, imprisoned. They were afflicted. They were tortured. They were tormented. Yet they did not receive their reward yet because the time for rewards have not yet come. But one of the things that the writer of the Hebrews is saying, there is a reward for this. Let me read also another scripture, 2 Corinthians verse 11, 22 to 27. And this is Paul addressing the Corinthians and saying, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. And in death, often. Of the Jews, five times received I, forty stripes, save one. Thrice 
was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. This is Paul laying out the kind of suffering, the kind of struggle that he has had to go through because of the gospel, because of being a Christian. This is Paul giving us his CV, telling us this is what I have been through. I have been in prison, he says. I have been whipped, he says. I have labored, he says. I have been whipped 39 times, he says. And he says three times I was beaten with rods. Rods are not just sticks. These are metal stuff. Once, he says, he was stoned. Thrice he suffered. A night and a day he was in the deep, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. He has been naked. He has been in the cold. He has been forced to fast because he did not have food. Suffering for Christ. Yet, in all this, he has a reward. Let me tell you some of the rewards as I come to a conclusion. Matthew 5, 10, and verse 12, it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. This is Jesus talking. And be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets which were before you. Rejoice, you who is persecuted. For great is your reward. Not a small reward, but great is your reward. So what is the reward that Jesus is talking about? Turn to me with Romans 8, 17. And it says... And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. There is a word. That we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let me repeat that verse, verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worth, in other words, no matter what you're going through, whether you're being rejected or shamed or being beheaded or being imprisoned, for the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That is a reward. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we suffer for him, we shall also reign with him. Well, I'm going to give you scriptures, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 11.24 and 27. 
for rewards, says by faith Moses, when he was come to years, or when he had come to age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I wish I had time to explain to you the treasures of Egypt at the time of Moses. For that time, historically, Egypt was the most modernized civilization at that time. Egypt had conquered Ethiopia, had conquered across Africa, had conquered all the way to the present Israel. It was forming almost the entire Middle East. And Moses forsook that because he understood that the riches of Christ were greater than the treasures of Egypt. And the last verse that I'm going to give you is Revelation 20 and verse 4. And it says, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of men that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. You, as my brother and as my sister, you have a reward for suffering. You suffer, you cry, and you go through shame. There is a reward for you, my brother and my sister. No matter what you go through in life, the shame, as I have said, we go through shame, we go through challenges, we go through all this despising, simply because we are Christians. Let me finish with a story about a man that I loved from history, church history. This guy was so amazing. His name was William Booth. Many of you may know him. He's the founder of Salvation Army. And this guy was so brilliant in what he did and so passionate about what he did that he didn't care what people thought of him. And when he began his ministry, he went and, sta and stood at the pubs of his city, stood at the doors of the pub, and then he would wait for someone to come out drunk. And when they came out, when someone would come out, William Booth would begin preaching to him, saying to him, repent and believe in Jesus Christ, for he has taken away your sin. And many people, one after the other, some would spit on him, some would urinate on him. Some would do stuff. They would beat him up. But then he would fall and dust himself up and stand up and wait for the next one. And he did that night after night until one time a man came. He was very drunk. Came out and met William Booth with his Bible preaching. And the man, the drunk man, fell to the ground and said, I want to get saved. And William Booth scooped him up and took him to his house and bathed him and fed him and this man rested and the following morning when he woke up he didn't know what had happened but William Booth said 
No, last night you gave yourself to Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to put you here for three months. I'm going to train you. And for three months, William Booth trained this man, discipled this man, and then sent him out and said to him, go, do the same thing I did for you. Go stand at the door of a pub and preach. And he began to do this. And more and more people came to Christ because of William Booth. And William Booth formed what he called an army of soldiers for Christ. And he, he, you know, he created uh, something that was more like a boot camp for discipling. He was harsh and tough and hard to these people. And so as the army moved and grew, they became a church. And every Sunday, there will be testimonies. And people will stand and begin to, give, uh, to tell testimonies. And they will say, oh, today I went to this place to preach. And I was beaten. Oh, look at the scars I have for Jesus. And they would show this man. And this man would, say, you know, would stand with a scar in his eye. And he would say, look at the medal I have worn for Jesus. Another one would stand who had lost an arm. And he would say, look at the, uh, the, the medal I have worn for Jesus. And another would stand who had lost a leg because of you know, the torture and the persecution. And they would say, look at this, uh, the medal I have worn for Jesus. In other words, for them, they considered this persecution to be medals. And they were right. Because for every persecution we go through, we shall receive a medal. Every suffering we go through, we shall receive a reward of reigning with Christ. Ruling with Christ. Not just, you know, not just the things we think or here on earth. We shall rule with him and reign with, and, and reign with him. So William Booth develops this whole army of Christians, young people, 17, 15, 14-year-olds. They, they begin to march into, into London and preach Christ. And then he decides to now reach out to America. And he sends these three girls, young girls, I think 16, 17 years old, to America. And when they landed on the shores of America, by that time the army was famous in America. None of the, of the army had been there. But this time they reached. And one of the things that William Booth would do when they sent the missionaries is that he would make them build their casket in form of their traveling luggage where they would put their clothes and where they would also die or be buried when they die. So their luggage or their... Their traveling uh, bucket was like, a, was like a casket. So they land in America, these two girls, these three girls, and they walk into this place, into this, uh, the coast, and they find the media people there with cameras, you know, shooting cameras and asking, oh, where is the army? Where is the army? Because they were expecting to see this huge army. And they see two, three girls. And these girls walk down, never say a word, and they took out the flag the Salvation Army, and they pushed it into the soil, into the beach, and they said, with this flag, and in the name of Jesus, we attack America. And the rest is history. You can go read the story. These are believers who faced serious persecution. How I pray today, that we as believers will begin to understand the power, 
that Christ has prepared for us and that we'll begin to connect our lives of today with eternity, knowing or with the knowledge that how we live today or the life we are living today is not getting broken by death. Only death, the only thing that death does is that it comes, takes out this flesh, but our lives continue into eternity. If we have that idea, then we will embrace the suffering. We will stop praying too much about the suffering of rejection. Instead, we'll embrace it and say, I have won. I shall reign with Christ. I pray that we shall be like these girls, this Salvation Army team, to go out and win the world for Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. We thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this hour. And we pray that even, Lord, as you have taught us about these rewards of persecution and suffering, that we will begin to embrace them, that we will begin to count ourselves blessed because we are experiencing these challenges. I pray that you give comfort to everyone who is going through these challenges. But I pray that you will help us to live with eternity in perspective. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen and amen. Amazing story. For some reason, I just didn't even know the genesis of the Salvation Army. But now I know and I pray that if there is anyone else who didn't know, now you know. And that it will actually help you to go out and keep reading and researching. I know this is one of the topics that are not talked about so much in the church. The whole issue of persecution. And sometimes we just do not understand why we should be motivated to accept to be persecuted for the sake of Christ. I pray that this has been able to open up your mind to get to a place of understanding where you realize that you're not being persecuted because God does not care, but it is because at the end of the day, as you continue to endure for his kingdom, he has prepared a gift for you, a beautiful reward for you in heaven. So I don't know about you, but I think my perspective towards persecution has to change now that I have the word, the word of truth that brings freedom. I pray that that will be the truth for you and that you will be able to live it out this week. Kindly for your tithe and offering, give to 216376. And for the development of this church, kindly give to 321354. May the Lord bless you. And just to encourage you who is out there, if you're feeling discouraged, remember that you have the Holy Spirit and that he is able to walk you through whatever you're going through. Be blessed and see you next week as you watch Victory Hour. Yours forever.